Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. Today, we are talking about the joyful journey of surrogacy with chef Kenzie and chef Kenzie is the chef from my retreats. And I'm so excited. She'll be at my retreat in November. And she definitely made an impact on the retreat. If the food's not good, it's not a good retreat. <laughs> it, it definitely changes the vibe for me as the stress of the leader and then the girls, of course. And so I really appreciate the energy that you brought, but also the skills of your food. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Um, let me tell you who Kenzie is besides the, the retreat chef. Kenzie is a mom and a chef entrepreneur while juggling work and family. She also felt a strong desire to help a family struggling with infertility. She chose the demanding and joyful journey of surrogacy to fulfill this desire. She wants to share her journey in order to bring awareness of the process and hope to both families going through infertility and also aspiring surrogates. So this is fascinating to me because I had no idea this was your story. Um, mm -hmm. and we also are both few spine friends, scoliosis mm -hmm. friends, and I had no idea. And so when we were just chatting for a short moment at the retreat, I don't have a ton of time to just sit and chat, but it was like, it blew my mind that you were someone who already had children and were like, I'm going to be a surrogate, not once but twice <laughs> while being a mom and entrepreneur, like it sounds crazy. And yeah. so I can't wait to just hear more about how you even have, like, where did this desire come from mm -hmm. and when did it start? So when I was a teenager, when I was a young teen, um, my mother was going through secondary infertility. She really wanted to have, um, another baby with her, her second husband, um, my stepdad, and, um, they had one baby, no problem. And then it took them four years to have um, my little brother and, um, just watching that process. She went through a miscarriage. She went through, um, just a lot of different things. I watched her tracking her cycles and, you know, a month after month after month, that disappointment, I could, um, she didn't really share that emotion a whole lot, but I could just feel that energy in my home. And, um, I think that just opened up, up that interest a little bit, like, um, in the future, if I could have kids, how could I help with that? You know? And, um, and then after that, it just was constantly, it's just something in the back of my head. And, um, I've read multiple books about it and, um, watching, you know, there's a few shows where you get little, um, stories like friends and stuff, um, that just furthered my interest. And, um, so yeah, it just, that was the beginning of it, honestly. And then, um, after that, I've, I've watched other, so many other women around me deal with this and it's just so heartbreaking. And I wish I could do something to help a hundred families, but unfortunately 
um, the only way to, that I could find to really help um, was one family and, but it really helped in a big way. Um, and I see that and feel that on a daily basis. So that's mm. kind of how I got into it. It's so cool. And I'll be super honest. I really haven't known anything about it, you mm-hmm. know, and I do remember the friends episodes yeah. when they're doing all that. Uh, but it's been an interesting discussion in my own life as of late, um, the last year, because I'm dating someone who's never had children, but they're also 13 years younger than me. And I had kids 13 years ago. So it's scary for me. I mean, I'm at the age where they say what I'm a geriatric and high risk word. Yes. I am geriatric. If I had word was to get pregnant, but I struggled to get pregnant in the beginning. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can't get pregnant now in my forties, even if I tried. And so the idea of surrogacy was something people kept suggesting. Mm -hmm. And so I just, for someone like me, who's, I have no idea really what's out there. uh, I would love to hear what your experience has been, because if I remember right, you went through an agency the first Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of describe what that looked like. I mean, and you already had kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess like the actual start of the journey would be that, um, it just, my youngest was six months old and I was like, okay, I think that I'm ready. I think I'm done having my own kids. I, that was something for me is that I think that any issue of like baby hunger while I'm pregnant Mm. with somebody else's baby or like sadness after the baby's born and having to hand them over. I think that that would be, um, pretty, you know, just not really a problem an issue is if I'm done having my own kids. And I felt pretty like, so done. (laughs) I was overwhelmed and I was like, okay, three kids is enough for me. And, um, so uh, yeah, he was six months old. I was still nursing and everything. And I immediately just started looking into it because you kind of have a small window. Um, a lot of the agencies won't let you do it past the age of 32. Um, yeah. Um, and when I got started, I was 26 and so I was like, okay, I, I want to kind of get the ball rolling and see, um, how this works and what the process is. And, um, and then the way that I am with anything in my life, I get the ball rolling and I go full speed. I, <laughs> I have a hard time like going slow. So then, um, the agency was delivering dreams surrogacy. I went through them and, um, they were great. They actually, so the fertility clinic was the one that, um, got me to them. So the fertility, fertility clinic said, okay, we have this couple, um, that is interested and they're in China. I met with them and it just wasn't a great fit, um, because of the distance. I really wanted something that I could form a relationship and there was a language barrier as well. Mm. Um, so it just didn't feel like the right fit. And then I met this wonderful family that just everything fell into place and it just felt like meant to be like, they just were amazing and, um, got to meet them and through the, they happened to be in Utah doing their embryos. Um, so they hadn't even yeah. chosen a, yeah, they didn't even, they hadn't even chosen a surrogate, a surrogate yet or anything. They were just, they got a call that they had an egg donor that was, um, similar to their look that they're looking for kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of egg donors are blonde blue eyes and they are middle Eastern. And so they wanted something that they didn't want their child to be born with blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> they wanted yes. to look like family. And, um, they got a call that in Utah, there was an egg donor that looked a little more similar to them. Wow. So they immediately booked a flight and flew out here and got their embryos fertilized. 
And while they were here was when I started my process um, and they were only here for three days and they're like, they're leaving tomorrow. Um, yeah. They're like, but if you can get down here tonight and um, you can come meet them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. This always felt like kind of a dream, but now it was immediately coming becoming a reality. Yeah. It just was happening so fast. And so got that arranged, met with them, met with, they um, got us pointed to an agency. Um, and that was really nice because the, what the agency does is they, they, um, you, they give you all of the legal advice. And, um, this agency is a very small agency. It's not the big agencies you hear of and that are advertised. Mm -hmm. Um, this agency consists of two people. It's a a lawyer and um, his assistant. And Mm -hmm. so it's very personable. Um, he loves hearing all of his stories. You know, it, it's much more than just like his job or a number. You're, um, Mm -hmm. you're another one of his stories and he's just super kind and, yeah, it was really nice having an agency to push all that paperwork to guide you through all of that. Um, and it seemed like it was worth the cost in my opinion for everything that they supply. They, they give you a lot of organization and guidance through something that obviously nobody knows how to do this. (laughs) How do I hire someone to carry my baby? Um, so yeah, that's, that's the agency process. And, but mostly that's just the agency is mostly just legal. And then the, the fertility clinic does all of the, the medical, the, you know, getting you pregnant prior. <laughs> okay. And, um, so you found, I mean, it meant to be, like you said, everything lined up mm-hmm. and uh, did it take the first time? Was it the seamless process for you? Was it demanding? What did it look like? I mean, yeah. How old was your youngest at the time when you got pregnant? So I think my youngest would have been trying to think, um, a little bit over a year by the time I got pregnant, um, the paperwork process can, if, if the couple and you are very motivated and want to get this done immediately, they say that it could take six weeks, but it took us about six months because, um, that just wasn't the case. Um, they were a little bit slower. They had a lot going on and they were busy. Um, so it just was a little bit of a slower process, but, um, and I think that everyone was just a little scared, like it happened so fast, you know? And so um, it took a little bit of time, but yes, the pregnancy took first time, um, no issues at all. It was very demanding. Um, going through IVF is already demanding, but it feels like an t- entirely different situation when you're doing it for somebody else. You know, you don't have that end prize of mm-hmm. my child. You know, you do have an end prize of giving someone else um, their child, but it's, it is a little different. And, um, and I only had to go through half of it. Like other women have to go through you know, the, um, the egg retrieval and the embryo transfer oh, okay. where I only have to go through the embryo transfer and that enough was a lot. So I really, I really feel for women who have to multiple times go through the entire mm-hmm. process. It is very physically demanding so many hormones pumping through your body and every day getting stuck with a needle and it it's, it's really hard. So if you know someone with going through IVF, just reach out. It's, it's a hard thing. Yeah, it was, it was demanding, but it, um, so worth it. Like looking back, there's, I would never not do it. it. And even going through it both times, it did take the first time. And I'm, I'm so glad it did, but I would have done it over and over again to get yeah. them. Okay. Baby. So I remember asking you at the retreat, because I think probably everyone's question is like, how on earth do you carry this child and then give it over? And there's no sadness. 
Right. Right. Like you're saying that this is best gift. I can't remember what you said. Mm -hmm. Like it was the best gift I've ever given or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I guess just going into it, that is the ultimate goal. And I think that's, what's hard for people to understand is um, never at any point, was this ever going to be my baby? And I am getting pregnant to hand over a baby. Like that is everything I'm doing, every shot, every doctor's meeting. And I have to drive a ways too, because I'm in Logan and I have to, I have to drive to Pleasant Grove sometimes. And, um, and so all of that, you know, all of the demanding, and I was even working during the second journey and having my own, and I had my own kids, a baby, you know, all of this, um, was so that I could have that moment, that, that moment of handing a woman, her daughter, like is just, you can't imagine it it's the best feeling in the entire world. Mm. I love that. And it makes sense to hear it like that, but Mm -hmm. it's also like, I have not experienced that. Right. So I have no idea how on earth that is possible, but I, it makes sense that it is possible, especially if your intention is to give. Mm -hmm. Also, Um, I really think it really helps that I truly did not want any more children of my own. I don't, you were done, (laughs) but you, you had easy pregnancies before. And so it felt very doable for you. Yeah. Um, sort of like I do get sick. I, with my third, I lost 13 pounds because I was so sick. Like, um, I think there is a misconception that we love being pregnant, the us surrogates, like we just love it so much. We want to do it a hundred times, which just isn't truly isn't the case, at least for not for me. Like there were heart does. Yes. Your, your body does not. Exactly. (laughs) I would get migraines. I'd get so sick and, um, but healthy pregnancies, never really any issues. Um, and I, I feel pretty good when I'm pregnant in the second trimester and third trimester, even, um, till the end, you know, when you're real uncomfortable, but, um, that okay. But you're, you have a few spine like me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in my mind, I'm going, I was pregnant twice mm-hmm. and it was a lot for my little yeah. back. And the doctor told me, I was doing permanent damage to my spine mm-hmm. because I carried the way I carried my babies and they would just sit on my spine. And so from, I, I knew I was pregnant before I could do a pregnancy test because my back immediately hurt. And I was like, what is even happening? So mm-hmm. it, to me, just for, in my own experience with scoliosis and having a few spine being, choosing to be pregnant mm-hmm. for someone else sounds it's like a level up yeah, <laughs> of giving is. in my opinion. There were definitely, back, there's definitely back pain, like, especially in that late and then the labor is really hard on my back. Um, but what really helped was one, my, the first surrogacy baby was my first C-section. I was like, Oh my gosh, like that was kind of nice. Obviously the, <laughs> the recovery is a lot harder, but yeah. um, not have to have that incredible back pain was was kind of nice. Um, but also what's helpful is, um, I'm very open about the money involved in, and the compensation and all of that involved with this process. And, um, that was one of the helpful things in a lot of areas was that, um, with the back pain, I was able to have any kind of chiropractors or massage. I got massages often, which is so healing and amazing. And, um, that was really helpful. I think also the kind of fusion, I have it up like all the way from the top to the bottom, all two spine, two rods, which I think is almost maybe kind of helpful because it's very supportive and it's supported. <laughs> You're <laughs> but, wearing this brace the whole time, <laughs> but definitely some nerve pain, some, yeah, it was gnarly, but it, it's still just so worth it. I can't, I can't describe how amazing it is. Yeah. Okay. So you have, a an open 
surrogacy agreement. So you do have a relationship with these kids. Yes. I do. Yeah. I, I expected to, you know, give the greatest gift ever, but I did not expect to gain a family. I truly gained a family. And that is so amazing. I'm actually going to see them next week and I'm oh, so excited. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and you did the second surrogacy gift through the same family. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I delivered a girl. She is now, um, she's almost five. And then I delivered her little brother just last year. And he, so he's a little over a year old. Okay. And how, what is the relationship like with them? Do they have a name for you? They, do they understand that you carried them? Yes. So, I mean, they're a little young, but, um, and it's kind of interesting when we met and she's like, she asked asking me, she asks me a lot of like advice, which is so great. She's, you know, my parents' age, they are my parents' age, but they um, love to ask me advice on parenting and everything. And one of their first parenting questions was the day I met them. And they're like, how do we tell our kids about this? Like, what, um, what do you think would be, you know, the best way to go about this, which just felt like such an honor for them to start asking me like (laughs) parenting advice. Um, and, I, my answer was like, I'm just open with my kids about everything. Like it's never an announcement. It's never a news to break to them or a weird conversation. It's just, as soon as they understand, honestly, it can be part of the process of, you know, letting them know how babies are made and how they came to be is, you know, a lot of babies grow in, you know, in your belt, in their mom's belly. And then, you know, then, then they're born, but you were born, you know, someone else took care of you and grew you in their body and then, um, gave you back to us because, that's so you know, cool. they're fully their biological children, except for they were from a, um, an egg donor, but yeah. So, um, they were like a little skeptical about letting them know, but now from day one, they call me tummy mummy, which is just <laughs> so heartwarming. <laughs> I love it so much. Every time I call, you know, and I'm on the screen and so she, the little girl calls me them like on her own. She says the mommy with the red hair. <laughs> so, so cute. Oh, I love that. And that you get to have this relationship with them. Do your, are your children a part of that as well? Yes. So the first time they didn't really fully understand my oldest sort of did. Um, but the most recent journey was a little more fun in that perspective. Like, um, they call, you know, feel him move in my belly and our, our little friend, you know, and kicking them and stuff. And, um, they just, they were so excited to meet him. They held him and, a lot of people asked if this was hard for them. Like, do they understand that they're not keeping the baby? And it's just mm-hmm. from the beginning, they knew that we were helping another family and they're so proud of me. They constantly talk about it to other people. They, yeah. And they like try to tell them. I remember my son told um, his, so my oldest son during the first journey, um, the teacher was like, so are you getting a little brother or sister? And he goes, no, that's not my baby. <laughs> they tell other people all the time and they're like, wait, what? Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it's not super common. I can't imagine that at least around here, I don't really know. Yeah. So they're super involved. And when they came out, um, (laughs) sorry, when they came out for the birth, they, um, had so much fun with the older girl and everything. So, yeah, that's cool. And I would love to hear how your husband was able to support you through this as well. Um, he was really good with like all of the shots and everything. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. Take a drink if you need to. <laughs> That's what happens when you podcast. All of a sudden you can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Terrible timing. Um, he was always so good about the shots. He was really um, supportive in choosing a family. 
And even from the beginning, he was just so proud and never had any doubt that, you know, is this really a good idea? Can you handle this? He was always so supportive and um, helped me with like all of the legal agreements. And he's honestly been my partner from day one in all of this. And um, I couldn't have done the shots without him with the spinal fusion. I hadn't even thought of it. My first shot was coming up and he had to work. And I was like, I can do this. I can give myself a shot, but it's like nearly kind of in your butt. (laughs) And um, my back doesn't twist. And I hadn't even thought about that. And so then he's at work and I'm like, I can't do it. You know? And he's like, oh, you can't, cause it's going to hurt. I'm like, no, like I'm pretty brave. <laughs> I literally like physically, physically cannot. <laughs> yeah. So my sister was five minutes away. I called her and she came and did it for me. But, um, and that's another support system that all of everyone, there was only a couple people that like, were a little questioning, like my mother figures and a few people in my life were like, is this really safe? You know, or you're kind of risking your life for somebody mm. else. <clears throat> And I'm like, if, if I told you I was pregnant with my own child, that's never a question. Like, are you risking mm. your life to bring a child into the world? It's just when it involves someone else that that's a concern. That's choice. You know? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me for someone like me who, I don't know where we're going here. We're just letting the universe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. bring us whatever. Um, where do I even start? if I'm interested in the other side of saying, I want to start understanding if this is an option for me, um, like, can you share what money costs the average and things like that? What it looks like on both sides? Yeah. So, um, it would start with like your own, if you're using your own eggs, then it would start with that, um, doing an egg retrieval and an embryo, um, getting your embryos fertilized, which I know can cost around 15 to $20,000, um, just to do that part. And, um, depending on like what your insurance might cover and, um, and, and there's so many like loans out there, the fertility clinics are really good about guiding you through that. Um, the financials, they take payments, things like that. Um, but I would say the best starting point just to, if you're like, this is crazy and totally out of like the ordinary, the best place to start in my opinion is with your fertility clinic choose a fertility clinic that you feel good about and make an appointment and, um, they'll have a consultation with you and they'll let you know, like, here's your options, like with surrogacy and, um, here's step one. And, and they just really, it's their job, you know, it's their job to, Mm. they have, they have specific employees for that. They, um, they hold your hand through the surrogacy process. And, um, so that, that's the first start. And, um, so I would start there. And unless you, if you want to be like, do a private journey, so you're not going to use an, an agency, you're not going to do any of that. Then, you know, you see people posting on Facebook, making a page, like looking for adoption or looking for mm-hmm. surrogacy. That kind of thing is, um, I don't know much about that route, but um, that is an option and that it can usually be a little bit cheaper because you're not having to pay for the the agency, you mm-hmm. will still have to pay for the legal fees and hire, um, an attorney to represent you and represent the surrogate, but, um, it can usually be cheaper because you're not paying for that, um, that level of help that an agency is. <clears throat> yeah. And then you're compensated on the other side as the surrogate. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So any, any last thoughts on those who are even considering, or maybe they didn't know they wanted to do this. And now they're like, I want to give this gift. Um, or those who are struggling with infertility and, and haven't maybe considered this. 
Do you have yeah. any last thoughts? Um, <clears throat> my last thought for, I guess, a message out to parents who are struggling for, with infertility and um, kind of coming to this, maybe this being the option is that we truly want to give this to you. Like this isn't, um, it, you hear a lot of like, from that angle, a lot of like, I'm sorry, or a lot of guilt, like that we're having to go through this mm. for you. Um, like that we're having to do these shots. We're having to um, go through labor. That was really hard. The, the mom was there through the second labor. She missed the first one. Cause I went into labor early, but with the second one, she was there and she was so freaked out and just constantly baby like she's like, I'm sorry. Like, Oh, you're amazing for doing this for me. And she wasn't very educated about birth. She didn't know the process, what that looks like. She didn't even really realize, she didn't realize that blood was involved. So when mm. she saw blood, she was like, scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, um, so that's based, that's my message is that we are fully prepared. We've had our own baby. And that's the whole point of that. You have to have your own kids to be able to be a surrogate is that you have to have gone through this, this experience to understand what's happening. And, um, is that a requirement? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You have to Makes have sense. one, healthy, yeah. One healthy pregnancy and birth in order to, to do it. Okay. Yeah. And then my message to maybe women who are thinking about be, maybe being a surrogate is, um, don't wait. Like I have so many people, I meet so many people in their forties, women who want, who are like, I wanted to do that. And it just felt so out of reach. Mm-hmm. And now it's too late. And which if you did it private, privately, there's different, there's different rules. And, um, the, the agencies have a lot of stipulations. Like you can't be, um, very overweight at all. You have to be, um, you have to be younger than 32. Like it's pretty hard rules, but if you still want to do it, there are options. And, um, but if you're, you know, near in 30 and you're, this is a dream of yours, like get on it, Start it. <laughs> don't hesitate, okay. at least get the process going. And then you, you can always back out. You can back out at any time until you're pregnant. Like there's no pressure to go through it the moment until the moment that you're pregnant, obviously. Okay. Well, Kenzie, I really appreciate you sharing your journey and yeah. just the options. It just, it's another part of life that I'm learning all about. So thank you. Thank you. And, um, as far as the chef Kenzie part, you have a food truck in Logan, Utah area or cash Valley. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where can they find you? Um, so I'm kind of all over the place right now because I'm first starting. So I'm trying to find my, my spot, but, Mm. um, like this weekend I'm doing a fundraiser for a woman with cancer. I would love if anybody out there is listening and is in Logan, come support that because, she needs help. She needs help paying for her cancer treatments. Um, that's in Providence. And I will link it on my um, Facebook page and my Instagram page. So if you follow chef Kenzie and, um, the breakfast truck, um, cash Valley at CB, then, um, you'll see where I'm at. And I post a live feed of where I am. Awesome. And it's gluten-free, totally gluten-free, no gluten. And here's my truck, which is so cool. She made cinnamon rolls. She made, um, crepes, Mm-hmm. I mean, you made a million things, but those really stood out to me because they're my favorite yeah. things. And those <laughs> so, are on the truck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they're gluten free. So, uh, for someone who is dealing with that, it's a big deal to have a food truck even available. So I love yeah. that you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. I get people crying at my window. I'm celiac. Oh. This is amazing. <laughs> so great. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
All right. Well, um, if I don't see you sooner, I'm going to see you in November at the retreat. So thank you so much. And I'll put your info in the show notes. Okay. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes or you can share on social media or shoot me an email.